now serving butter and bacon. The good stuff. Stubborn jelly beans. I like when Polly tells people to please delete their tweets. Well, it's got to be pretty bad if I'm telling people to delete it or an account. <laughs> yeah, when you tell people to delete their account, I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. That's a little rough, right? Yeah. <laughs> Insert the gif of the bear climbing into the chair. This is going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> mm. uh, so Amy was eating jelly belly jelly beans, which you have to be careful. Because oh, you yeah. could end up with a... A flavor sensation that you don't want. <laughs> you're Horrendous. Picking and choosing carefully. Horrendous. Especially if you get the Harry Potter ones. No, those are oh, oh, no. the every flavor <laughs> beans. No. Yes. No, no, no. No, no, no. I, on the other hand, have the opposite. I have these Starburst. I'm pretty sure they're all exactly the same flavor, just different colors. <laughs> <laughs> you mean like Fruit Loops? <laughs> yeah. But, um, but they taste so good. Dean, do you have a preference for jelly beans? Um, I'm not a jelly bean guy for the most part, so no. Whatever. Interesting. So you're more of a chocolate, not sugar? Definitely. Like in general? Definitely or? chocolate over sugar. I, if I was eating jelly beans, uh, keep them in the red and orange family, and I'm pretty happy. Not black, though. I do not like the licorice things. Ugh. No. Th- those mm-hmm. are, are vile. Nope. 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 Those are those disgusting. Are- the only licorice I eat is red and tastes like Twizzlers. <laughs> yes. Which should be used as a straw before you eat it. No? You've never used a Twizzler as a straw? I have never tried that. Yes. Is this how we get around plastic straws? I, yes! I love it. It's genius. Edible straws. Copyright Butter and Bacon Podcast 2018. Take that, Disney. Like, <laughs> why has no one thought of this? I just did. It makes for an excellent cherry Coke. Yes, that's a good idea. Mm. I mean... Go? You mean what? I'm waiting. Did we lose, I was just, I was just we saying, lose I mean, it sounds good. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> This Amy. is like waiting for Amy. someone to answer your text. On my screen, it says Amy is typing, and I'm just waiting now. Right. <laughs> and on the iPhone, it just has dot, dot, dot. <laughs> and we're waiting. Dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> you can say I mean and then not say anything after That's true. It. This is true. I don't think you you're can. mean at all, Amy. Mm, no, Amy's very nice. Not, you're very nice. You know who else is nice? Our listeners. Hi. Welcome to Butter and Bacon. We discuss the good stuff of Disney and jelly beans and what you can say and when. I'm Polly, your host, eating jelly beans because I want to eat them now, whatever. Uh, over here also is Amy, who recently had jelly beans. Amy, how you doing? I'm doing well. It's a beautiful autumn day. I say. No, no, no. August now. <laughs> summer. I, is it still summer? Okay. Yes. Well, kids are almost going back to school. Well, that's true. You got seven weeks, kids... boy. You got seven weeks. <laughs> especially, especially in the south. 
Yeah, they're back. What I see. Yeah. They're two weeks. I think that autumn is when hay fever begins to threaten my body. And oh no, we're getting around about that time. So uh, yeah. No. Well, I'm, I I hope everything comes out okay for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> with us also, but not eating jelly beans because not his thing is Dean. Hello, Dean. No, I, believe me, if there was a jo- bowl of jelly beans sitting here, I'd probably be munching on them. I just <laughs> don't <laughs> Nice. I didn't say I hate jelly beans, and even if I did, I'd probably eat them anyway. But uh, happy gotcha. season three. Yes, welcome to season three of the Butter and Bacon Podcast. I'm excited. Season three, there is a, uh, it's, I guess it's unofficial thought out there in, in the uh, Disney community. Podcasts that start up and don't get past season two tend to fade away, obviously, because they don't get past season two. But if you make it to season three, you have longevity, and we have made it to season three. Yay! Yeah, yeah. I have a, I have a joke. I have a joke. Awesome. Lay it on us. So there was a magician, and he said, I have a disappearing trick. And on the count of three, I'm going to disappear. Uno. Dose, and then he disappeared without a trace. Nice. But um, I like it. I like it. Disappear! Disappear! <laughs> My joke wasn't that bad. Come on. It's not the worst one that I, I get like told it. today. <laughs> no, it isn't. <laughs> no, no, no. I think the listeners will appreciate my joke. Everyone, I think so, too. Everyone appreciates your joke, Amy. The other thing we appreciate is catching back up with Dean after his fantastic anniversary trip. Happy anniversary. Same to, to us, you. But, yeah, not not together and not the same year. But, um, yeah, welcome back. It's been a while. I feel like we should sing, though. Since I said I'm sorry. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> It has been a while, and part of that's my fault, because we got back from vacation, and I'll jump to the end at the beginning, and I got either sick from the Disney crud or the airplane crud. You had creeping crud, (laughs) no matter what. Yes, I hit a four-day fever, so that got canceled for recording, and then after that, I think it was just a matter of trying to pull together schedules, but uh, I kind of like that we're kicking off Season 3 with uh, another summer trip report, and you know, for those that are in your office or in your school or in your workplace that tell you why do you go back to Disney every year? Isn't it always the same? You could just like take our last three first episodes of August because I think they've all been my summer trip reports. Um, and you'll find they're all different. And this trip was definitely different than what we've done the last couple of years. So, uh, you know, there's new stuff at Disney. There's new stuff that we've tried that's been there for a while. And, and um, I actually did uh, some call-ins, and Paulie didn't answer this time, so I did a few uh, no. bacon bits, too. <laughs> so, I was able to post all the bacon bits. All sorts of new stuff <laughs> that hit. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's awesome to hear from you, and I, I know that I really kind of want to go a little bit out of order, only because we made such a big deal of it. I am dying to hear about how your dinner at Victorian Alberts went. So you want to talk about the water park? I want to hear about how Victorian Alberts went. So you want to hear about going to Disney Springs? I want to hear about how Victorian Alberts went. Victorian Alberts was by far the most amazing meal of my life. 
and I think it's worthy of an entire show. So maybe I'll give you some overview and highlights here, but I think we could almost talk course by course on what was started to be a 10-course meal, ended up a 13-course meal, took an excess of three and a half hours, and was worth every penny spent. And when I say every penny, I kid you not, we paid more for this meal than I did for my first mortgage when I owned a condo in 99. Um, and that's just true. It, it's it's not. Wow. It is not cheap. It is definitely for foodies. It is definitely for those that are adventurous when they eat. You know, if things like um, fish you haven't heard of before and quail and caviar are n- something you're never going to want to try, this is not the place for you. But if those things do sound interesting and you are willing to be adventurous and you want to get out there and expand your foodie horizons i mean there is no better place to do and i i'll point out and i don't remember what course it was i'd have to get my menu out but one of the courses we sat down and um, we're chit-chatting with the waitress and i'll tell you i appreciate they've dropped the shtick of being victoria and albert as every pair of servers each table is served by two people and it's always a a man and a woman and they used to have the uh, shtick of this was victoria this was albert but they don't do that anymore Uh, but we were talking to the, the woman that was serving her table and I can't remember the name of the fish, but she was talking about you know other folks that have come in over the, the weeks and months and years. And they say, well, I don't know if I like that. And her point was, well, if you don't know if you like this food, you're at the right place. Because if it doesn't come out tasting good to you when Scott Honnell and his staff are preparing it, you probably don't like that food. <laughs> I mean, the, if there is a best way to prepare a dish, it's probably at the number two restaurant in the United States. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, if, if you're going to try something... Right there. Yeah, that's um, it, it is true. I mean, if you go to a place where that is their signature thing to do, and, and it's it's either going to be probably the best time you'll ever have that food, or you just don't like it. Um, now, what Victoria Numbers does a great job of is customizing. So they do give you a, a fixed menu. We had we had signed up for the ten course meal, and the ten courses for this meal you have no options. So they just tell you what they're serving you. They do a seven-course meal, and you get a few options here and there if you want to try you know, this or that. So there's a couple spots in the menu where you get a choice. And you can do this, the chef's table where I believe they just make you what they feel like. Um, but even within saying we're going to do these ten courses and you know, this is what we're bringing you, I talked to the restaurant, I think it was three or four days ahead of time. They had called me, one, to confirm that we we're still coming. And two, to ask if we're celebrating anything, which it was our 15th wedding anniversary. So we have these really, really nice keepsake menus, and it says, you know, Victorian Albert, 7th of July, 2018, and our name's Happy 15th Anniversary. So that was nice. Um, but did also, you have matching dresses? We did, we did. Um, I wore a lovely uh, jacket and, and shirt and pants, and my wife matched me with her lovely dress that she was in. And to <laughs> say match, lovely. that's because I was wearing turquoise shirt, and she had a purplish pink dress, and... I'm just going to say those things match. <laughs> but, uh, neither one of them were red. We did not wear red. Right. We were supposed to wear red? No. Oh, okay. Well, I can tell you red was the color of the lipstick that showed up on my son's cheek when he got kissed by Drizella uh, <laughs> at his meal at 1900 Park Fair. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm looking at my Victorian Albert photos right now on my phone, and I was like, okay, here's course one, course two. Wait, why Why do I see my son with lipstick? <laughs> it's because my in-laws had sent me pictures, and I downloaded them during our meal. <laughs> and that's yes. what it was. That he had a good time at his. 
Um, but yeah, the, the other thing that they do is they will, on that phone call, they'll ask you, are there any dietary restrictions? Either literally foods you don't like, you don't want, and they'll keep it off your menu. Or two, is there anything you're allergic to? And so I'm not necessarily allergic, but I have been uh, kind of straying towards a low acid diet lately. And so one of the things that I at requested was to not have any tomatoes directly in anything that I eat. And Interesting. They, they took that to heart, and so there was a, a course that was served with tomato broth. And instead of using tomatoes in the broth, they customized the broth that was put in my dish. And it was still fantastic. And I tried my wife's, wow. and hers was better. <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, certainly the way they intended it is the way to eat it. Yeah, there, there were a couple of courses along the way where they said, okay, uh, you know, hers is prepared in the customary way that, that uh, Chef Hunnel wanted, and they described the meal. And they said, okay, and yours is prepared this way. The alternatives that we made are this instead of that. So, you know, again, if there's things, you could go in there and say, I don't like seafood. They'll just serve you a bunch of courses without seafood. Now, you know, along the way, I believe we had you know, shrimp and caviar and sea bass. So there's definitely a lot of fish represented and as well as beef. But, um, you know, there was some really neat stuff that, that goes on during that meal. And I think I talked before, um, just go for the coffee, if nothing else. They have this thing, it's called a Kona, and it's a C-O-N-A, not a K-O-N-A. Mm. I think it's German in nature, don't quote me on that. Um, but essentially, it looks like a big science experiment where the coffee grounds get put up top and water is put in a, a basin below that. And then it's heated with like a sternal type thing below that. And the water gets heated and the steam goes up and it steams into the coffee grounds. Ah. And they wait for all the all the water to steam into the coffee grounds. And when it's almost completely there, they cut the heat and then boom, all the liquid comes down to the bottom, which is the serving pot. Right. All the left stay up on top it's just really cool to watch that's very <laughs> so, interesting so i love that part that was awesome um but yeah i mean the, the restaurant is decorated beautifully if you haven't seen pictures there's plenty online i'll probably put some up on our twitter feed as the show comes out um but you know the the meal overall again it's it's hard to say you know this meal is you know x times better than that meal and because it costs that many times better <laughs> but it's it's got to be your experience for the night again if you go to new york city and you go have dinner pretty much anywhere, and then go to a two-hour play afterwards, it's going to cost you a pretty penny. Yep. So you have to take this in as not just, I had dinner, but I had an experience, and, and this is certainly a dining experience. This is not like going over to Olivia's Cafe and, uh, you know, getting the most expensive dish on the menu. <laughs> no, I mean, and get, don't get me wrong, I love Olivia's. It's a great place. Sure, to um, it's not I mean, putting the, down Olivia's at all. No, and, and uh, I'll even go a step... This isn't going to Yachtsman's. This isn't going to Citrico's. Boat out. This is going beyond that. Mm. And that, that's what it's intended to be. You know, even Boathouse or, you know, other celebrity chefs that have their name outside on, on the door of some of these restaurants. Although I did see a picture recently, Art Smith actually at Homecoming, which I thought was cool. Um, but this is a guy who has been up for Michelin stars, you know, highest rated restaurant, all this great stuff. And he's actually in the kitchen, and he's overseeing your meal. That's incredible. You get that experience, and you're paying for that experience. But yeah, fantastic. This is not a every trip destination for us. Um, again, you know, three times <laughs> in 50 we've been here now. <laughs> wait well, <laughs> we like to go down to Disney three times a year, but we can't afford our Victorian <laughs> Albert cabin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you could get a couple nights stay for the price of this meal. Right. Um, but you know that. This is, you know, we, we did, my well, my wife did the wine pairing, so that's a plus up. I ordered a cocktail, so that's a plus up. 
I ordered one of the uh, add-ons during the menu, so that's a plus up. So, you know, you, you build up from an already expensive base, um, and obviously you're getting impeccable service, and they should be... A booyah base. Ah, uh, lovely. See? Yeah, food puns. Yeah, so, um, you know, <laughs> highlight dining-wise of the trip. Certainly not the only meal that we had that was fantastic, but it was fantastic. No, that's great. And I do like your idea of having a uh, more fully-fledged uh, version of an episode uh, where we go into excruciating detail with your menu. I like that idea. Yeah. Yeah, if possible, we'll try to get my dining partner on for that one. But if not, I will take you through the menu and give you my perspective. Spoiler, it's all really good. She is elusive. <laughs> she is elusive. So, Amy, given what Dean had talked about, um, I mean, I, I, I have a fairly adventurous palate when it comes to drinking things. Um, eating things, I like all manner of food, but there are definitely things that I won't eat. So I think I would have a couple things on Chef Hunnell's list, like please no eel. Um, and the caviar for me, I've had it. It's not my thing. Um, but is this something that, given what Dean said, would you not want to even part partake, Amy, um, just knowing yourself? I think I would probably pass on it. Because I consider myself sort of American Midwesterner adventurous, but not <laughs> Rocky not Mountain New York, oysters. Not New York City adventurous. If New York sense. City. <laughs> Get a rope. <laughs> but I, I don't. Well, you know. It, Ignoring the price, ignoring the cost yeah, of the yeah, meal, yeah, yeah, yeah. leaving that all off to the side. I don't think I'm adventurous enough for Victoria and Alberts. I mean, because quite honestly, I think I'm on the verge of being adventurous enough. I mean, Dean has mentioned many times that he is a foodie. He enjoys things. You should have seen what he did for the end of the Tour de France. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, I'm, I mean, I, I like going to, let's say, you know, Ichiban, you know, getting the hibachi cooked right in front of me and I will get all the meats. I do mm -hmm. enjoy sushi, but mm -hmm. I, I'm, there's just some things that are seen as fancy food. Uh, it's fancy feast. Will, and, will you um, quail? no, <laughs> will, you a, will you eat a corn dog? Uh, yes. Yes, I would. What if I told you? Scott Hunnell could make those one and the same. Oh, a quail corn dog. That's such a teaser for the Victorian Albert show. Hmm. <laughs> I, I don't think I would eat quail. I don't think I would eat venison. I've had that. I've had that form. too. I've had, I had a lot that of too by accident. I had venison form. by accident at when yeah. I ate it. Um, Restaurant Akershus before it was a princess yes. meal when it was just you know the buffet and you sat down and you ate. Um, I had venison and I did not know it was venison and I felt terrible that I had eaten deer. Yeah. <laughs> I was really upset. Um, well, I don't know. I, I, I could I could send you the picture of I did not eat it of uh, the fish market in Norway on our cruise had venison sausage. Moose sausage, puffin sausage, and killer whale sausage. And I'm sitting there going, I, that, that's my question. <laughs> that's the one I'm, I'm, I'm throwing a flag on. I'm, I'm, right. 
I'm because I'm looking at it and I look at my wife and I go, "Is that killer whale?" I'm. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not even gonna ask. Yeah, you don't have you don't have to send me that picture. I won't. No, 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 no. I said I won't. How about, how about lamb fries? Will you eat lamb fries? No. Noah. No. How could you eat <laughs> lamb? Uh, on a gyro. <laughs> I mean, I know, that, I know that I know that a lot of people eat lamb. That's just my immediate reaction to someone eating. Like I just, I don't know. Something about eating a eating a, I don't know. But veal tastes so good. I I I'm sure it does. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just something about it to me. I just can't do. Yep. I can't get over that hurdle. No, and, and that's fine. It's same thing with, you know, again, we were on the cruise and I did a vodka tasting and the last vodka that we tasted was Beluga brand. And of course, they brought out as a surprise to everybody Beluga caviar, which I'm not a caviar connoisseur. Everybody that is was going, oh, my God, they gave us Beluga caviar. And I'm like, eh, whatever. Gave it to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> you can have mine. I did try it. It, it was not like a complete push away. But yeah, so I'm I, I'm 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 kind of leaning right now. I mean, you know, maybe maybe Dean's further episode will change my opinion of it. But right now, Amy, I'm kind of leaning towards uh, me and you and the hoop de doo. But that's the thing, right? I'm jumping right in there with you with the. Hoop-de-do. Yes, of course you are. You're going to be mad. <laughs> <laughs> the food's fantastic. The show is great. It's just, again, it's it's a different experience. It is. It's totally different. I'm, I'm I'll be sitting in the. My... I'll be sitting in the Amy Beth Combs Memorial seating. <laughs> the, the corner of the balcony. I'm, I'm up there with my, the lighting. My funny farm reference got trampled. No, I'm sorry. So, Dean, other than Victorian Alberts, which sounds fantastic, uh, what, what other kind of neat things did you do? Did you see? Did you experience? Were there were there anything new? Old favorites you haven't done in a while. Um, you know, we kind of dominated the conversation with Victorian Albert's talk so far. Yeah, well, and it's for good reason. But uh, right, that was, believe it or not, not the only meal we had in our seven days. We did eat other times. Oh, so I think uh, maybe the best way that I can keep it all straight in my head is I'll just take you through the trip and kind of point out the highlights of new stuff and. I'm saying that because our first night was not new, but certainly something new. Uh, and we talked about this actually on the, the sort of preview show. Uh, got to experience Beaches and Cream. Mm. And it was Beaches and Cream with an ADR, which was pretty cool because, man, do you need it there. There are not a lot of tables. And I've uh, never been there. We, as we were there, we saw a lot of people getting turned away because uh, one of the reasons you've probably never been there is it's not easy to get into. And now, without an ADR, it's almost impossible. Um, if you just want ice cream, they do have a walk-up window, which is kind of neat, and I don't know if a lot of people know that, so you can go there, obviously, for your meal and ice cream, and really the whole oh, okay. goal there is to get to ice cream, but yep. they do have sort of a, a fountain window, if you will, that you can go in a different door and get takeaway ice cream, which is pretty cool. Oh, um, yeah, I can't even imagine how awesome it would be to grab an ice cream and go lounge by that awesome pool at Stormway Bay. Oh, yeah, or if you wanted to take in, like, the movie on the beach, you could pop yeah. in there, grab yourself dessert, and uh, get out there. And, and, of course, if it's Ju- a normal July, and yeah. uh, you're going to be drinking a milkshake and ultimately some ice milk by the time yeah. you get done. <laughs> or you must you be can a very save, meter. <laughs> you can save on effort and just ask for um, a large reusable straw. <laughs> yeah, well, can you? I'm sure you can. 
from straws somewhere. controversial in Walt Disney World now? No, 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 not not reusable ones. Oh, okay, reusable. Maybe they'll have large paper straws. Could be, could be. Amy, have you been to Beaches and Cream? I think I asked you that before, but I can't remember. I have been to Beaches and Cream. I have eaten food, like hot food from there, as well as ice cream. I used to like their, um, they had a really good veggie burger. Their fries are always really good. Their chili is good. Um, They have really good, like, actual food, as well as the ice cream. Beaches and Cream is like, Beaches and Cream is just perfect it's wonderful it's in a great location too oh yeah it is especially if you're staying over in that area now if you're coming from elsewhere probably your best bet is to get yourself through epcot come through the international gateway and get there or obviously just take a bus from one of the parks but um convenient for us because we're at the boardwalk so we popped right over there but something i wanted to point out to you Polly, that uh, i thought you'd find interesting martha's vineyard was showing the world cup soccer games that day yes so as we walk by you know people are in there enjoying themselves having a, a beverage and hanging out and cheering on their favorite soccer team so i thought that was really neat that the, they took advantage of that space which is not often used no uh, not, not utilized certainly to its max capacity so it's cool that they took advantage of that and went ahead and had a little world cup celebration yeah what did you, you eat at beaches and cream you didn't even tell us what you ate at beaches and cream we had ice cream Oh, you food. didn't have a meal? Of course we had a meal, but who cares about that? <laughs> no, <what? laughs> no, I seriously. Hear what you ate. Yeah, no, no. Um, actually, my son had mac and cheese, uh, which mm. he was pretty excited about, with a side of watermelon, which I thought was Ooh. an interesting combo. Uh, I went with the burger, and, you know, it's so funny. I've seen so many debates, arguments, discussions, message board posts about, you know, the... Beaches and cream burgers better than Pecos Bills, but it's yeah. not as good as... No, they're all the same burger. That's There's a same. handful of places on property that make their own burgers and actually do have different burgers. Yeah. But that's going to be more of your you know higher quality sit-down restaurant burger. <laughs> Tiffin's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go, go to Boathouse. They make a burger. Right. Well, Boathouse. Uh, I've heard, I've heard yes. Cruise Cup makes their own burgers Cruise as well. Cruise Cup makes their own burgers, and that's supposed to be one of the fantastic ones on property. But uh, mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with this burger. They, they made it well, had good cheese, uh, had some lettuce. I actually also got a side of watermelon. So um, lunch, or I guess that was dinner. Uh, dinner was good. Uh, honestly, I can't remember what my wife got. <laughs> I took a picture of the menu. Let me see. I could predict what she got. Uh, did they did you use the jukebox? Yes. Did you use the jukebox? Yeah, so she she got the turkey club just to finish that part. Yeah, so uh, on the tip of Miss Amy Beth Combs' suggestion, uh, we used the jukebox. And it was really <laughs> funny because my son is eight and he looked at it and he's like, yeah, I don't know what this is. <laughs> so, <laughs> I showed him the finer points of jukeboxes and uh, he picked some songs. He had no clue what they were. Uh, but who cares? It wasn't about him. It was about having a good time. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Chubby Checker and uh, Brenda Lee and I'm trying to think of who else was on there. Patsy Cline and all that good stuff. Beach Boys, of course. Um, all of so them good. the choices there. Dean Martin was on there. So good. Jesse Nelson, the Andrew Sisters. Could go on and on. So yeah, good. Yeah, that was really fun. And we actually saw not one, not two, not three four different kitchen sinks come out. <gasps> wow! Yeah, there were, and none of them went to our table. There were some piggies in there that day, man. Uh, <laughs> hosting that stuff. I saw a family of four take down the kitchen sink. I saw a wow. group of six take down the kitchen sink. There was another group that was probably about six. And I didn't see the fourth one finish, but I am not lying when I told you it was a couple. 
It was a guy Probably, I don't want to be judgmental, probably in their 20s. I'm guessing age here. And, yep, uh, I don't know if they wanted it for a photo op or, man, they really like ice cream, but they were going to go after that kitchen sink. So they had made a dent in it by the time we left. I didn't see the finished product, but, wow. It, it's a lot of fun. The uh, you know, There's a little show that goes on with it, if you will. You know, just a little announcement to say you're sort of the, uh, the Rainforest Cafe equivalent of Yelling Volcano. Uh, when, when the kitchen sink comes <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, but that's fun. And, yeah, it was know, really as, fun. As we've discussed, we, you know, I think among the three of us, we might be in the Disney Twitter minority where we actually kind of enjoy going to the Rainforest Cafe for yeah, what it is. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, one of the waitresses had seen that I was trying to take a photo of the kitchen sink as it went by. So she literally stopped at my table, like winked and said, here, take a picture. Ah. So I thought that was really nice. <laughs> Uh, so my, nice. Yeah, my son went with the Mickey Mouse Sunday. So, you know, a couple Oreo cookies sticking inside a uh, scoop of vanilla ice cream with a cherry nose. And my wife got the No Way Jose, and I, wisely, I wisely got an extra spoon. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, yeah, that was really fun. And, um, you know, Beaches and Cream, I guess for me, is probably better lunch than dinner. Uh, just based on the menu, you know, burgers, turkey sandwiches, hot dogs, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So the, the veggie burger here, it says veggie patty with herb mayonnaise and seasonal vegetable relish on a freshly baked bun. So I don't know if it's the black bean one, but that uh, it's still available. Mm, sounds so good. It does. And uh, I thought it was interesting. One of the few places I can think of on property, you can get a tuna salad, chicken salad, or egg salad sandwich. Mm. So. I love a good egg salad sandwich. I like it. I've, I've recently rediscovered the joy of the chicken salad sandwich. I like the mm. chicken salad wrap. That's good. Throw a few oh, cra- yeah. throw, throw some craisins in there. It's good stuff. But this is old school. This craisins? Is, oh, yeah. This is going on a... This one's going on a croissant. I mean, that's nothing like a mayonnaise-based salad on a buttery croissant. At least with a croissant, you know, it, it has the ability to kind of compress and take in some of that chicken as you eat it. I've yeah, tr- yeah, yeah. You try getting it with a regular sub roll, it just goes flying out the sides every time you take a bite. Too fun. No, it's, it's it's a fun menu. That that's the biggest thing. Is like, don't be pretentious when you're going there. You're getting some good food. No. You're having a good experience. I love the setting, and uh, yeah, it was a it was a fun way to have our first meal. And again, you know, think back. This is a handful of weeks now. July third. So this was something I did not want to go traveling around in a bus or a car. I wanted to pick something up in our area. Yep. And of course, our real goal was to get ourselves down to Hollywood Studios because I decided that even though we didn't have fast passes, even though we had no shot at riding a ride, uh, I wanted to go see Toy Story Land. And actually, I wanted to go see Fantasmic. And continuing on your question of things we hadn't done in a while, my son had yeah. never seen Fantasmic. Uh, right. Mostly because when we're on vacation, we tend to keep him on schedule a mm-hmm. little bit later oh. than normal. But he's usually, in, like at home, he's usually in bed between 8 and 8.30. So. Yeah, so he's not up watching a show starting at 9, 9.30. Exactly. Particularly because you go in the summer. Yeah. But we said, yeah, let's give it a shot. So um, friends of ours that uh, we met up with, the, the popcorn guy, as you like to refer to him. Um, hey, the popcorn people! Yeah, the popcorn people. Actually, they tried to meet us at the airport with signs like, welcome to Florida and, and move here and don't leave and all that kind of stuff. They never bothered to check what time our flight was. Oh, no. <laughs> so they called my wife probably about quarter to 12, 12 o'clock, when we were sitting at Planet Hollywood having lunch already. <laughs> They're like, are you here? Are you in the airport? What time do you land? We're like, we landed at 1030. Oh, 
Oops. <laughs> so, really oh, cute no. of them. Really sweet that they tried to do that. Um, we actually ended up seeing them that night. So we went to Hollywood Studios with them. And, uh, and they eventually, later in the trip, actually gave us all those signs. So I have them here. <laughs> kind of a fun memory. Aww. But, you know, really nice idea. You know, good friends. And, and being able to catch up with them was fun. But That's um, cute. Yeah, that was a, that was a, a nice thought by them. But yeah, next time maybe you know surprise my wife, but text me and find out the flight schedule. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and since she won't listen to this, is the secret is still safe. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that that's all a precursor to say. We went down to see Toy Story Land. Now, I know it's been out you know six weeks now, but I don't want to be spoilery spoiler. But you know, it, it's really cute. It's a lot of fun. I I don't get the criticism of people like calling it tacky or calling it you know incomplete or it doesn't meet the expectations of what the concept art said it would everything changes from concept art to actual implementation and this is no different um one thing that i would point out that i thought was kind of interesting is the way they rerouted uh, toy story midway mania yeah so you know you used to walk down pixar place or i think that's what it's called right and yep. toy story mania you'd go down it was on your uh, on your right and if you kept going, you'd come out the backside and head over towards Muppets or whatever. Well, now you walk down that same street, but now you have to hang a right before that building, and the entrance to Toy Story Midway Mania is now on your left. Hmm. Which, so you're basically going in the back of the old building. Right. Which I thought was really cool. Now, nothing's changed about the ride. The queue's different. Nothing's changed about the ride, but the whole approach to it and the whole fact that it's now immersed in Toy Story Land is really cool. So, you know, good design by them to just basically be able to turn the whole thing around, still get the same effectiveness, and, you know, make it part of that land instead of sort of a standoff. Because, you know, it was kind of disjointed before. I mean, it was called Pixar Place, but it was sort of just one ride. And now it's sitting in the heart of Toy Story Land, which was really cool. See, now, when you, when you... Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead, Amy. Oh, I was just going to say, when you exit the ride, do you exit back into Toy Story Land? You do. Okay. Yep, so they keep oh, everything so on that back side of the building now. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is, I no. wonder if that lead... Sorry, I'm no. interrupting again. I was say which the back side of the building, which is now the front of the building. So I guess I can't <laughs> call it the back side of the building anymore. <laughs> Former back side of the building. Yes. I, I wonder if that leads to some possibilities uh, when they do open up Galaxy's Edge. Because we had talked about in the past how Star Tours is nowhere near... <laughs> where Galaxy's Edge really is. So I wonder if they're going to change that queue up. You know, that kind of ride necessitates a longer queue anyway. I wonder if they can do kind of like the Soren treatment, where you, you feel like you're walking down a quarter mile long yeah, so hallway to, to get to, from to the other Star side. Tours. Yeah, they could probably send you in from the other side, have that long stretch to get in the building, and wrap yeah. it back into the original queue. Go around Muppets Courtyard. Yeah, because that's kind of what's going to be in between. Right. That'd be interesting. I, I don't know what they're doing with that yet. It's certainly not looking like they're connected. No. No, um, not at all. And, and you put a map up and you try to figure out how it could be connected? I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. that, that would be a challenge. But it doesn't seem like there's any intention of moving the thing, so... No. No. You know. Be, they give you jetpacks like Boba Fett. I would, I would, I would welcome that. And you just fly over there. That'd be cool. That'd be very cool. The insurance rider would be something. They just hold that into the cost of the ticket. Well, well. <laughs> I mean, anything, anything to create another attraction. Yes, for for that for that park. <laughs> anything. 
So. Des the desperation is real. Mm. So well, speaking of attractions created for that yeah. park, let me uh, let me give you a little info. So uh, we got there. Let's see, dinner was five thirty. I'd say we probably got to studios and back to Toy Story Land probably by seven thirty. Seven thirty at night. The wait for Slinky Dog was, I believe, three hundred and sixty minutes. Mm. So if you do the math on that, you know, that's not real. It's more. There was no way they're, they're keeping that thing open till 1 a.m. for the, the existing line. And sure enough, I mean, they are overstating those weights. So, um, you know, we obviously didn't get in the queue there. We went, checked out even the uh, Alien Saucer Spin. That had something close to it, like a 90-minute wait. We're definitely not waiting for that. So we just kind of took in the atmosphere, walked around, and we did go to Phantasmic. We decided, you know, son's hanging in there. Their boy's the same age. He was doing okay. And um, Phantasmic's fun show. It's different than I remember, which I think is correct. It's different than 10 years ago. Um, mm. But it was good. You know, we had decent seats and had a good time hanging out there. And after that wrapped, we decided, hey, let's just, you know, it's darker now. Because you got to remember, it's summertime, 7.30. It was still light out. And I wanted to see Toy Story Land at night. I didn't, yeah. You know, we'd get back there and, and the boys were doing well. So we headed back over there. And so, picture what, it was a 9 o'clock Fantasmic, so we're probably walking back through 9.30ish, 9, 9.35ish, and so the Star Wars fireworks are going to start, and in fact they started as we were walking. Our Fantasmic just got out, which is typically for the majority of that theater, probably the end of the night, and they're all leaving, and a lot of other people are heading to the second showing of Fantasmic. So, point being, this is a really good time to go try to ride some of your favorite rides that typically have long lines. And that 300 plus minute wait that we had seen just two hours earlier was suddenly down to 75 minutes. And, you know, you do the math and you're like, okay, 75 minute wait, it's already 9.45, are we really going to ride this ride after 10.30? Like, yeah, okay, let's do it. And uh, even with that, we got in queue. Uh, there is very little overhead coverage in this queue because the queue is so long right now. I think when it gets down to like normal time frames and normal crowds, the majority of that queue could be covered. Mm. Um, but it certainly isn't right now. So it was no big deal for us because, again, it's nighttime. It wasn't that hot. Um, I went and grabbed a cup of ice water and brought it back into the queue. There's fans once you actually get into the queue. Um, we timed it. Our 75-minute posted wait took just about 40 minutes. Oh, that's not so, bad. Yeah, mm. we, were, we were on that ride in 40, 45 minutes. Now, I also timed the ride. Uh, the ride is just shy of a minute 40. So this is not a long coaster. It's no. It's well done. It's fun. It's very smooth. It is, uh, let's see. I guess it's their park's version of Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got a little bit of thrill. It's got some decent height to it. Really funny. Where, so I rode next to, to Popcorn Guy, and the boys rode together, and the wives rode together. So we get to the sort of the highest peak. He goes, oh, this is the best part. Look over this way, and you can see Star, uh, Star Wars Land construction. Well, it's 10.30 at night. <laughs> you mean they don't have the Star Wars construction all lit it up? It was not lit up, no. And they weren't, you know, they weren't taking photo ops with Star Wars in your background and selling it to you for $25. Like, it was right. just it's pitch black open space. But he was really excited about it. It was so funny. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> you know, I think I said this a long time ago. I went into this thinking it was going to be a coaster appropriate for a 38-inch kid. And it is. And that, you, you, If you thought this was going to be you know, more thrilling than Rock and Roller Coaster, that's on you for not having the right expectations. Yeah. So it, it's really smooth. That was probably my favorite part of it, is the fact that you know, 
It's not rickety. Well, it's new. It's not bumpy. It's, it's yeah. It's new. It's, it's very new. new. <laughs> Give it time, right? Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's a really good ride. It's definitely something to experience. You know, people have asked me like, oh, is it worth waiting for? I don't know. If you feel like waiting, it's worth waiting for. If if you're someone who typically doesn't wait more than 20 minutes for a ride, don't wait 20 minutes for it. It'll eventually have a small enough queue you'll be able to get into it. Um, the the extra ma- I'll jump ahead a few days. The extra magic hours in the month of July were every single day in the morning at Hollywood Studios. Yeah. And so we went back uh, one of the last couple days of our trip, and the park every day right now is opening at eight, which means extra magic hours at seven. Mm. By the time we got walked down there, got through security, and got back to Toy Story Land, it was probably seven ten. Posted wait on Slinky Dog was 180 minutes. Sounds like uh, Avatar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the line showed it. I mean, I, I'm don't, you know, I've been saying they're exaggerating the, the times. I don't know if that was an exaggeration. This thing filled the whole queue, came down out of the, the little ramp hill that you have to walk up to get back to where Slinky Dog is, took a right, went along the wall, and came all the way out Toy Story Land, back out onto Pixar Place and starting to go down that street. I mean, it was long. And yeah, we didn't get on that ride that morning. <laughs> Now contrast that with Toy Story Midway Mania we walked right on, and the Alien Spin, we waited maybe 10 minutes. So everybody who's getting up, at least my experience, was getting up early, doing the extra magic hours, they're all going on Slinky Dog. Mm. So, nuts. Um, but yeah, it was a really good night. It was by far our latest night out. We didn't get back to the hotel though, close to, I don't know, 11.30, maybe closing on midnight by the time we got cleaned up and we were heading to sleep. Um, but... Overall, that's a you know for me was a great first day. We had an awesome time. Um, you know, from the perspective of an eight-year-old, Slinky Dog is one of his favorite rides right now. He loved it. Oh, you know, that's awesome. It's partly I think just because it's brand new. Um, sure. But it's also tells you that the ride didn't fail for what I think is its intended audience. Um, so continuing on the paths of things we didn't do or haven't done in a long time or brand new, uh, breakfast the next morning was brand new. We went to Trattoria Al Forno for the Bon Voyage breakfast. Ah. Um, this breakfast, if I summarize food quality wise, is everything that you want the castle breakfast to be and isn't. This was high end breakfast. This was really good. It was stupid expensive. But it was really good. Like, I got steak and eggs. I mean, it was a quality, sizable piece of steak. It was, um, you know, my son loved the... He got pancakes and they had uh, imprints of fish on them because the hosts here are uh, Ariel and Prince Eric. That's his name, right? (laughs) Ariel and Prince Eric. And then uh, Rapunzel and Flynn. And great character interaction. Great breakfast. Uh, When Flynn came over... Um, he had my son smolder, so they took a picture together smoldering, so it's kind of nice that the characters were helping the kids initiate ways to pose and do something different. But he also, you know, Flynn, he's a little bit of a criminal. As my son was smoldering with him and they posed for a picture, he snuck his arm around him and stole his fork. (laughs) (laughs) So we sit back down to eat, and my son's looking around, he goes, Dad, like what? Did you take my fork? I said, no, why would I take your fork? I don't have a fork. And, of course, I, I actually saw Flynn do it. I'm like, what do you mean you don't have a fork? Well, who's next to our table? Ariel. And so he, I said, you better tell her. He goes, I'm not going to tell her. I'm like, you should tell her. Your fork's missing. And so Ariel comes over, and he says, you know, I can't find my fork. And um, she, I forgot how she phrased it, but she goes, 
Oh, I have about 20 or something like that. <laughs> and and she got the server to bring over a fork. It was really cute, like, you know, staying with their themes and with their their phrases, and uh, and he eventually got his fork back. It was a lot of fun. You That's know awesome. what? Was Flynn Ryder trying to set Ariel up to take the fall for that? Because oh, you, know, totally. you know she likes to use the Snarflax to comb her hair. Dinglehopper. Is it a Dinglehopper? What was the Snarflax thing? Was that Snarflat like... that was the pipe. That's, okay. That, that's the, uh, the little animal on Thundercats. No, that's Snarf. Oh, that's Snarf. 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 So <laughs> I, I wonder if Flynn Rider was trying to set Ariel up there to take the fall for the Dinglehopper theft. I mean, I think that's very possible. I think it's totally. That is so sneaky, and yeah. I love it. I mean, you think he turned the corner, but it's still him. He's still a little bit of a criminal. So, I yeah, love really, it. You know, good stuff though. It, it was um, it was pretty well crowded too, because I know a lot of people don't talk about this breakfast, and I've never heard like no anyone talk about this before <laughs> ever in my life. I've never heard anyone talk about this. Yeah, the the setting's pretty. Um, it's the old Spoodles, which used to also be uh. What was that short-lived Greek restaurant? I can't think of the name. Uh, Katkora. Um, yeah, it was Katkora. I can't think of the name of a restaurant. Uh, it's, the same, it's the same space as those. Yeah, she, God, man. She was there for like maybe two, three years tops yeah, and then gone. for her, kind of quick. Um, but same space. It doesn't look all that different, to be honest. But it's still, you know, nice area. It's right on the boardwalk. Uh, again, good breakfast, good service. I'd recommend it. Again. It's, Cuisina! Thank you, Cuisina. Um... It's, it's a, I knew it'd come to me. <laughs> not not as expensive as Castle Breakfast, but it's up there. Uh, but really good. And this was 4th of July, so we did our... <laughs> kind of the reason we were there. My son wants to go to Epcot on 4th of July, and we found that it wasn't crowded in the beginning. It got a lot of Future World done, that kind of stuff. That's um, good. But yeah, the crowds pick up, I think, on, those, on, on a 4th of July type holiday as the day moves on. And mm. certainly by the time fireworks hit, it was packed. Uh, the one thing that hit well before fireworks, however, was the mid-afternoon storm. Uh, and so we were with the uh, same friends. We met up again for 4th of July, went to Mexico for lunch, but my son wanted to do uh, American Adventure. And specifically, he wanted to go watch the concerts in the theater while he ate chicken nuggets, which for him was a very specific thing that he wanted out of this trip. I so guess. He- yeah, he and I went ahead and uh, went and grabbed the nuggets. I got a salad, and we went to sit down. And, of course, you know, previous years we've seen Voices of Liberty singing mm-hmm. in that stage. So imagine his surprise when it's not Voices of Liberty coming out to sing, but Star-Lord and Gamora. Yes! <laughs> and their friends doing 80s hits. Um, he, was, he was excited because he likes the Guardians characters. Uh, so we're hanging there for a little while. Got him settled, just about to take the first bite of salad that I had ordered, and drip, drip. No, no, it started. Uh, Bud, do you want to go sit under an umbrella outside, or do you want to go back inside the restaurant? Because we're not staying here. He's like, yeah, let's go back inside. I grabbed everything, and I mean, it was like the perfect timing of a movie. Literally got the door open, stepped inside, and the sky is just... Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's aw- it's it is, like an, I, I do enjoy how Florida gives you approximately 15 to 20 seconds notice. That's about how long we had. Yep. And, and, and it's funny how that happens. It's almost like the edge of the cloud is moving, you know, and, and the cloud's doing what it's doing. And you might get a little burst of breeze before it starts. It'll get dark. 
and then it'll start to drip, and you'll look around and go, where can we get in 10 seconds? Because it's right. about to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and unfortunately, this happened a handful of times throughout the trip, but uh, uh, it was, uh, it, w- it was you know, the typical storm. I mean, it downpoured for 30 minutes or so. So we had enough time. We sat together. He and I had lunch. My wife was actually still back with our friends over in Mexico, so they're all eating lunch together. And um, it was cool. You know, we had a nice little father-son moment, and uh, it was interesting. He's the one who acknowledged it, too. He's like, Dad, this is fun. I'm like, which part? <laughs> He's like, it's never just you and I on vacation. We get to hang out here together and have lunch. I'm like, okay, you, this is why you're the greatest kid ever. Yeah. So it was, it was a nice, though. It was a nice time. My wife eventually made it over to us. We eventually made it back to our resort, and sure enough, you know, get into our room, and it's sunny as can be, and we're ready to go swimming. So, had some pool time, and then I'll continue on this day, because it's continuing restaurants that we had not done in a long time. We had the All-American Marrakesh for dinner. Very, very American. Not exactly All-American, but definitely a place that, when you're trying to get a short window reservation for a party that's of decent size, and in this case we had six, um, they were available, which is important. Yeah. So uh, it was a really good dinner. Uh, I got steak skewers, my wife got chicken skewers, mm. honestly couldn't tell you what my son ate, it probably was breaded in the shape of a nugget. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> he, got, um, he got lamb kebabs. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> lamb yeah. nuggets. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> Some rice and lots of vegetables. Shawarma. Because most of the plates I saw coming out of the kitchen had rice and lots of vegetables. Hey, that works for me. Oh, yeah, it was really good. Uh, I'm not knocking it. That was a really good meal. Um, I've never it, been there. You, you, been... You're basically doing things that I've never done. Never <laughs> done Never done V&As, never done Beaches and Cream, never done Marrakesh. Yeah, and I would recommend all three. And, and all, if you think about it, I mean, all three are very different experiences at different price points. Right. And um, you know what? Come to think of it, I don't think I've ever eaten at the American Adventure. Well, that one you're not missing much, but... No! <laughs> uh, the salad I had was fine. I mean, it's just, you know... It's a salad. I mean, lettuce yeah, it, and grilled chicken and some vegetables in a paper box doesn't really right. inspire you. Yeah, it's... Yeah. It's quick-service salad. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it's, again, it's the kind of thing where when you're there at a very busy time of year... Right. You have to change your expectations. Yep. You know, you're not going to get to the Mexico walk-up counter no. as quickly as you usually do. So right before get... Illuminations, right? You're just yeah. going to roll on up and grab it's something. Just, it's not going to roll that way. It. It's you know, So you got to change your plan and, and take it as an opportunity to do something different. And oh, we always we eat outside at Rose and Crown. Mm-hmm, sure. Yeah. <laughs> sure you are. What do you mean I can't be right in the center of the hub for the fireworks? Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, not this year, but in past years, I've seen people camping out as early as like 6 o'clock for those fireworks spots. Yeah, and probably that might get even a little bit more comfortable with the new expanded hub, you know, from yeah. a couple of years ago. That's true. So, uh, speaking of camping out for fireworks, I saw folks camping out as early as 7 o'clock for illuminations. And wow. we had a fast pass for Soren, so we did not camp out. We went and rode Soren's. Right. As we got out and we're hanging around there a little bit, the boys wanted to go um, go ride Figment, do that kind of thing. Um, you know, the, those dark clouds from 12 that had rained on us earlier, they came back. <laughs> and so it was... They had well, fast passes as well. Yeah, they wanted fast passes for the fireworks. So it was probably a little after 8 and we made the decision to bail. Um, because... Didn't know how long the storm was going to last. You know, look on the weather app. It was predicting something in the neighborhood of an hour-long storm. 
and those you know you've seen those calls before they're intimidating yeah they're yeah you don't want to be anywhere outside and there's a lot of Walt Disney World that's not inside yeah there's a lot of Epcot that's not inside <laughs> there's a ton of Epcot that's not inside so we uh we scooted we decided okay we've seen this before nobody seemed upset about it the boys were happy to go play in the arcade instead so we kind of raced our way back to boardwalk and got maybe to the espn zone when the skies opened up oh. <laughs> um, so we did have ponchos we had we had uh, gotten those so you know all in all it was a good thorough soaking um, what was kind of a nice touch, get back to the boardwalk, and we're going in the, the door from the boardwalk side. Yeah. Cast, yep. cast member, they're handing out towels to help you dry off. Yes. That's a yes, nice touch. That it, I, we have been there before. It, almost literally the exact same um, situation that you had, not this past trip, but the prior trip, we got stuck outside a test track because of the rain. Uh, we were actually waiting for our fast passes and to close the ride because of the lightning and thunder coming. We were under the awning for probably about 20 minutes before we were like this is silly because we could be here all day so yeah. we ran over to interventions you know kind of dried out a little bit in mouse gear we braved the smell um <laughs> and and then ran to the other uh ikea i still want to call it communicore ran to the other interventions hung out there for a little bit ran to the uh uh imagination pavilion road figment and then we're like okay now it's we're going to be outside <laughs> That that's pretty much it. Yep. So you know, we we basically just took our shoes off and walked in the monsoon um, through you know all the way to boardwalk into our room. So yeah, it's it's outside. <laughs> yeah, the one unfortunate part, um, you know, was that the typical boardwalk activities obviously are not going on at that part because right. those entertainers aren't going to stay outside, particularly when this type of storm where the thunder and lightning were coming in. The You're not going to shoot baskets? With yeah, the... not shooting baskets. You're not no. juggling knives. You're no. You're not doing all... No, no jab steps. No jab, no jab. steps. And, uh, and, you know... <laughs> no, uh, Car the Carmelo Anthony experience? <laughs> no dribble, dribble, dribble for 23 seconds and then a, a, a <laughs> shot at the end of the clock. No James Harden. <laughs> Regardless of where you are, it doesn't matter. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> so, um, what they had done, though, is some of those entertainers moved themselves inside. So, when we went in that downstairs area of the boardwalk, got the towels to dry off, and went upstairs, a magician doing his performance right there in the lobby. So, you know, this show must go on, I guess. And um, that was pretty cool. A lot of people were hanging around doing that. So, the next day now is July 5th. And that was more a classic day of, of what we do type thing. Went to Magic Kingdom, rode a lot of those rides, sent pictures of uh, Hawaiian shirts to Polly, sent pictures of drinks and pineapples to Drunko, yeah. ate at Kona. So, you know, very, um, let's do all of our favorites. And so, we, you know, again, we enjoyed that day. It was nice that it was just the three of us. Um, actually, the one thing that was different that day, and I've talked about this before because I've done it, but I know a lot of people haven't, is when we were at Magic Kingdom, we had lunch at the Tomorrowland Terrace. And again, not always open, not always available, but um, on a day like you know Fourth of July week, that, that those kind of busy days, you're going to get that place open. They what kind of salad did you get there? <laughs> they had completely <laughs> changed the menu. Did you get a bucket of nugs? No bucket of nugs. Uh, same oh. burger as you get anywhere else. Um, what else did they have? They had a pork sandwich, which uh, was not Aloha pork. Uh, mm -hmm. I think it was like a, a breaded pork. Um, I didn't get it. 
Breaded pork? You mean like country fried steak? Chicken fried steak? Chicken like fried chicken? chicken. Fried, like a chicken fried pork. Chicken fried pork? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't remember that whole menu, but I know that um, it was it was pretty limited. There was like maybe five or six entree options. A lot of it was um, with some level of spice to it. Mm. So, you know, if, if you're someone who doesn't want to eat things like jalapenos or spicy sauce, you just have to ask for the alteration, which is what I did. Yeah. Um, and then that night had uh had kona dinner i think i mentioned that already so that was really good and i mentioned that because i'm looking at pictures of sushi right here and it looks fantastic <laughs> <laughs> i don't remember hearing about kona dinner oh kona is one of our staples um you know we we like to get that at least once a trip so uh i had the sushi platter which you get they basically make it at that next door walk-up stand but they'll mm -hmm. do it on the dinner menu so they had it was um a sushi and sashimi so had a couple of pieces of fish, a couple of pieces of fish over a little bit of rice, and then a little bit of a California roll. Uh, that was really good. And I actually got that as my entree, which uh, was more than enough for me. Um, my wife got a, a fantastic looking steak. And they've changed the steak. I know uh, back in the day, Mike Rallman from Be Our Guest Podcast used to go on and on about the strip steak at Coles Yes, yes. Because it was like one of the few decent sized, well-cooked steaks for under $30 on property. That's off the menu now. It's a different, I think it was a filet. And it was really good. Hmm. Um, it came over a, a purple mash, which I can't remember what that vegetable was. Uh, but it was beautiful colors, you know, bright green beans on there with a purple mash and orange sauce over this beautiful uh, you know, medium-cooked steak that my wife ordered. Awesome. And, of course, if you go to Kona, you need to get the Kona cone. But yes. if you have not gotten the Kona cone in a few years, the Kona cone is no longer a cone. The Kona cone what? is now a waffle bowl. What? Yes, the Kona cone used to be a large waffle cone. Yeah. Glued to your plate by a chocolate melt base. Yeah. With M&Ms around it and a cotton candy covering the M&Ms. Yeah, that waffle cone is now a waffle bowl. Mm. So, I don't love that they still call it the Kona cone, but all the elements are the same. Well, the Kona bowl sounds funny. Yeah, it kind of does. But still delicious. Can't argue with that part. No. And you know it's probably more practical. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure they had less incident because yeah, right. the Kona yeah. cone uh, is probably the best kid-friendly dessert on that menu. Mm -hmm. And I could imagine a lot of kids having that large waffle cone. Yeah. And the only thing holding it up is that little, you know, melt of chocolate that yep. an adult would recognize and be careful with, and the kid yep. would topple. <laughs> no, yeah, right there, or bite the bottom. Yeah. So. Probably for practical rework reasons, they said, hey, let's change this up. <laughs> so the next day was near and dear to Paul's heart because we went ahead and headed over to Blizzard Beach. Yay! And this was a hotly debated discussion. Yes, Nothing, it was. You know, too controversial. Um, but the question was, were we going to go to Blizzard Beach or Typhoon Lagoon? Yep. And we wanted to kind of let my son decide and of course he was gonna have a good time either way so there really was no wrong choice there's no wrong choice <laughs> and she and i didn't care where we went uh whatever was gonna make him happy was the right choice and ultimately having done our research before and letting him watch some videos and see pictures he was wooed by the ski patrol area yeah he wanted to do the yep. walk across the ice floats and yep. the, um the one where you hang on the uh zip line and crash into the water that was kind of enticing to him. Now, he's also now 8 and 52 inches tall. 
which meant the kitty area was off limits. Right, and this is one of those things, getting back to the episode we did for your pre-trip report, where I really like how Blizzard Beach has the kids' areas segmented. Yes. Um, where the little, little kids, he can't access, but it also is off the beaten path enough, he's not going to miss it. Right. He saw it as we walked by, he was interested... Sure. And I think because it wasn't crazy crowded, because we rope dropped, um, he probably could have got in there, experienced it. Yeah. Probably, and he's not a rough and tumble kid. He wouldn't have right. interrupted the other little ones. Right. But I also think the fact that Blizzard Beach has this sort of next age group up area with the, the ski patrol area. Yeah. Yep. That's more suited for his age group and his size. And it worked out well. He loved it. He had a yeah, great Yeah, it's really time. neat. Yeah, I, I mean, the ice flows, uh, they move, but they're not like totally moving <laughs> right it's 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 really well done if you've got any kind of kid that is over the height restriction um who's a little bit less fearless um you know not not truly daredevilly um it's re it's really nice transition yeah absolutely and it played really well for him you know there's enough parent viewing area that yes. you can keep your eyes on your kids um you can you know, get good pictures videos all that kind of stuff they have that little slide area, sort of next to that uh, ski patrol area, yep. which is really well enclosed. So we set up camp right at the base of that, where there was... So, you know, a lot of places you have to pay for a cabana. This had an open-air cabana-style coverage. We set up under there. Yep. And then took chairs. They had um, regular, like, not lounge chairs, but like just seating chairs. Yep. Grabbed a couple of those outside the area so we could hang out in the sun, have the shade, and then if the typical florida storm pass by you don't have to go scrambling you know all your stuff's going to be well protected you don't have to worry about putting towels over your bags all that kind of thing so and you don't have to run back to a locker which you know you absolutely can get a locker too it's typically yeah. what we do but we if, did get a locker yeah we locked away wallets and phones and stuff sure like change of clothes or something like that yep. but yeah no, that is very handy and particularly if you are trying to keep track of a kid or two <laughs> yeah so it was great you know the uh, again we were with with our friends again so same uh Popcorn. I didn't see any popcorn in this park, by the way. Definitely got the little donuts. No, um, you are not going to see popcorn at a water park. No, but uh, the popcorn people were there anyway, and we, we shared some little donuts. Oh. We, had some, we had some midday cocktails. With the, the dipping sauce? With the dipping, the dipping sauce. Oh, my goodness. They're still good. Oh, they're Here. so good. Amy, I'm telling you, just go over there. Don't even do Just go in the park, get the donuts, and walk out. <laughs> those, are, those are some expensive donuts. Uh, I mean, not if you get, get water the water park, park fun and more, fun and more option. <laughs> exactly. We always get annual passes. Oh, oh even well, better. Then it's built in. No, it's not. We get the get four the, park annual pass. Get, get the, the six park annual pass. Get the. <sighs> this is this is like when I was volunteering you to spend all kinds of money for your not quite. No, this is same. not three ninety nine an hour to get a donut. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Speaking of though, was was the kid like a buttercream frosted cake? Did you like oh, slather right. him with sunscreen? Oh, he got slathered up. SPF eight thousand. Yeah. 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 He had the cream with the spray with the hat with the uh, UV protected uh, long sleeve uh, bathing suit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We I was concerned because you know I always hear people just getting absolutely blistered at Blizzard Beach because they that like their sunscreen will come off as they're well, yeah, doing the stuff, you know. Time. It's washing off. That yeah, you're cool. you're in the water. It is chlorinated because you know public type area. And as Amy correctly proclaimed, you get sun from the above and below. 
Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Everything is white. Everything is reflective. Yep, we were not going to fall victim to that, Amy. We were in good shape to not burn. That's great. Good. Good for um, you. But yeah, that was, that was really fun. Now, the perk that we had is that the wife of that couple is a cast member. <gasps> and right around the corner from Blizzard Beach is the cast connection. Ah, and this mm. is a, you know, one of those, you don't hear a lot, people don't share a lot. I didn't see anybody taking photos inside. No. It's it's actually not that glorious to take photos of. No. But as a Disney fan, it is the world's best tag sale. Mm. So, Amy, you've been there before, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because you were a former cast member, so you know all about the sales. Oh, and yeah. the opportunities. So, Paulie, it, it is literally like warehouse style. I love and it. You walk in there. You have to be with a cast member or be sure. a cast member to get in. And then there's a separate shopping section that only cast members are allowed in. Ah. And you know, this is somewhat defective material. Some of it is just older material. I saw a lot of 2017 stuff still for sale. Okay. I saw old race stuff from Run Disney. You know, like the, the fall of last year race stuff was for sale. Yeah. Um, some of the earlier from this year races were, were had stuff there. But then I found, like, reg I, I bought a regular t-shirt, you know, Disney shirt. Original tag, $34.99. Got it for $4.99. Whoa! Um, the, when we had done the Phantasmic, uh, um, the, the cast member, she brought, or our friend, she bought two, like, glow stick toys. They were originally tagged, I think, $18. She got them for $0.50 cents a piece. That's awesome. They were considered defective because they were the ones that were lit on the cart when they were trying to sell them. So, so they the can, batteries yeah, are batteries are low, right. So she brought them home, changed the batteries, gave them to the boys, and they played Jedi Knight the whole night there they are. at uh, Hollywood Studios. So I love this not only because I got a chance to experience it, but I love it as a perk for the cast members. That's great. Because there's a large faction of cast members that are true Disney fans first. Oh, sure. And I love that they get to shop with a discount. And then they get a discount on the discount, I believe. Is that the place where, and Amy, you can you can probably tell me too, is that where they put the stuff when they renovate, like, the hotel rooms? Like, for example, the Polynesian, when they renovated and they put in brand new lamps and all that stuff. Those, do those lamps end up at Cast Connection, or am I thinking of something else? They do end up at Cast Connection. Oh. Because I saw a bunch of, like... Old, I mean, this, this is this is when I went though, like years ago. But I think they still end up there. Like there were there was a section of it where it was just shelves of old bedding, like old yeah. bedspreads. This was when they were changing from bedspreads to just the the little runners on the ends of the beds. Yeah. At some of the resorts, so they had like old style bedspreads, um, like lamps, like you were saying, tables, chairs. Oh man. Um, you know what else I have, Paul? Flat screens. Yeah, they no, they. I think I told you when we went to Copper Creek, you could tell the brand new TVs, way thin. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, and I Very can tell different. you, I, I know where the old TVs are because they were in that cast member room that I wasn't allowed to go in. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> but I saw flat screens in there. Oh, that's awesome. And, uh, I, I couldn't tell you the actual price tag, but I know they were cheap, but I just can't remember what she told me because she has... Sure. But again, I mean, these, thing, these things have been used by hundreds of, of or thousands of tens of thousands of people. So, you know... Well, yeah, you, I just figure the hours that those televisions have already been used. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you, you get a 52-inch TV for 115 bucks, but it might only last you a year. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and I yeah, think, I remember. I, I think they were even cheaper than that, to be honest. I remember like property control, cast connection, all that stuff was like a wonderland <laughs> the first time I went in there. Oh, like they had it when I went. They had a pro- It was called like property control. Was the one that only. Um, cast members could go in and it was the one that was behind the magic kingdom and they had it in a trailer like a large trailer and you went up the little stairs one of the trailer and like dean said it was like some of it was you know broken things and things that maybe like needed new batteries or whatever but some of it was just brand new stuff and it was just out of date and i remember they said everything was 75 percent off and then i think i got my 20 on top of that i got a big huge bag of stuff for like 15 bucks it was amazing that's great amazing amazing i mean there are not too many perks other than the you know ability to get into the parks whenever you want Mm -hmm. um except for blackout dates uh, but yeah, I mean that's that. I agree, Dean. That's great that that is available. Yeah, it was a lot of fun to, you know, I've heard about the store for so many years. It was fun just to like walk into it and be able to experience it. We did a little shopping. We didn't go crazy, um, but you know, if you have the opportunity to go there, I'd, I'd say do it. It's a fun little experience to have. So our next day was our anniversary, and we've talked in length about that dinner. Um, you know, other than that, we kind of uh, just put on our Incredibles gear, headed over to Tomorrowland, and got to see Edna Mode, which I thought was fantastic. Cool. And got to see Mr. She's Incredible. She's your fave. She's she your fave. Wonderful. Got to see Mr. Incredible on a movable float, and he came like kind of rolling out through Tomorrowland, uh, pointed down at my son and said, hey, love your shirt, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, we met some of the other heroes of Tomorrowland, if you're familiar with the storyline of what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of neat. They they were offering up to take pictures, which I thought was hysterical. <laughs> you know, normally people are chasing the character around to get the pictures. These were the characters chasing people around trying to right. get their picture taken. Hey, please, please take my pic- take take picture with me. Hey, hey. And if I if I recall correctly, uh, before we left, I was in some store and took more pictures of Hawaiian shirts and sent them to Polly. <laughs> and I, I was pretty, like, buy that. that and, and like, whenever you would text us a picture or something, I would like, yeah, get that. You should buy that. Buy it. Oh, yeah. If if I spent the way Amy wanted me to spend when I was texting pictures back to you guys, boy, I could have had a whole other vacation. <laughs> <laughs> I just like to live vicariously, and I want everybody to, like, treat themselves and, you know, oh, be funny. happy on vacation. I'm like, yeah, yeah. you should get it. Absolutely. Now, one thing you haven't heard me mention yet, and I think it's we literally didn't get there until July 8th, is Animal Kingdom. And that's not a diss on Animal Kingdom. Love Animal Kingdom. It's just that we had some you know, other priorities and action-packed items we wanted to take care of first. So Animal Kingdom was great. We uh, we bought a Banshee. So we have a pet. Yes. Uh, and again, it's another one of these things where it's not just walk into the store, buy something and walk out. There's an experience to go with it. And, you know, if that's something that you enjoy, which we always do, it added to it for me. And, and my son really enjoyed it. He got it sort of initiated to have a pet banshee. And, you know, they taught him all about how to use it, which I think is important. I mean, it's not yes. that hard to figure out if someone just handed you one. But I think especially for younger kids, it's it's lets them connect with the toy a lot quicker if you show them how to use it. So he had a blast with that. It was perched on his shoulder for a long time while we were walking through. Um, and then one of the summer things that's going on, and we got to experience this, we went over to the Boneyard, and uh, Pluto was hanging out in there. So Pluto's playing with the kids in the Boneyard, and we got to see Launchpad and Scrooge McDuck hanging out in that same area. 
had a couple photo ops with those guys. So, uh, you know, again, if you want to sit there and argue about the relevance of Scrooge McDuck in, in Animal Kingdom, go ahead. For me, it was a cool opportunity to see characters that I love and have loved for, you know, 25 years. I love the fact that Pluto was digging in the boneyard. Absolutely. I mean, see, you, you get it. The theme. Yeah. Well, like, that's amazing. I love that. And then our last day was the ninth, and so as any good last day should, we started at Magic Kingdom, Crystal Palace breakfast. Yes. Can't argue with that. Now, at this point, um, my in-laws had joined us. They actually showed up on the 6th, and I think I mentioned during the Victorian Alberts part, they were the ones who watched my son while we had dinner. And my father-in-law's knees were kind of bugging him. We had done some heavy park touring the last few days with them. And so he sat it out, uh, but my mother-in-law came with us, and so we all went to Crystal Palace. And then my wife was saying, you know, we have plans to be in Magic Kingdom all day. And my mother-in-law had been talking about how she didn't get to ride Soren. It's her favorite ride. So I went on the app, and I made her fast pass for Soren. And she's like, oh, are we going to Epcot? And I said, no, you're going to Epcot. (laughs) 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 What do you mean? I said, you have a fast pass for Soren. She goes, but you're not coming? I said, nope. We have fast passes here. And she's like, you know what? I do want to go do that. And I was happy for her. Like, there's nothing wrong with touring as an individual. Absolutely. And it was important to her. That was an absolutely an attraction she wanted to do. She's been going to Disney World for 40 years. She's more than capable. And so she got herself, you know, we, I can't remember if we did a ride together or something right after Crystal Palace. But she moseyed on her way and took the monorail down to Epcot. And we had our day at Magic Kingdom. She got to go do Soarin'. She actually did a few more attractions while she was in uh, Epcot. Had some fun and then went back to the boardwalk and, and we all met up there before dinner. And um, and I know I've talked about Narcoosie before, but we had a fantastic dinner at Narcoosie's. And I'll go on about this one a little bit because this was actually a, an experience that happened at all our sit-down restaurants. My mother-in-law has recently been diagnosed with some concerns for her health that has caused her to have a pretty strict diet. And she was worried about that because some of the meals that we had together, you know, we went to Ohana. We went to Narcusi. Um, we went to that Crystal Palace breakfast. You know, a few other meals. She was concerned about what, oh, we had Boma. She was concerned about what she was going to be able to eat. And you know, everyone's told the stories, and you hear it, and you read it on Twitter how accommodating Walt Disney World, uh, particularly their chefs, are. But you get a better appreciation for it when it actually is someone in your party. And yep. they literally came out at every restaurant, asked her what she wanted. I mean, you th- think about what the menu is. At Ohana, you got noodles, pot stickers, salad, meats on a stick, and she's supposed to be eating a super, super low-fat diet. The chef was like, "Oh, forget all that. I will take care of you." Yep. He went and prepped her an entire separate meal. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was loaded with vegetables, had a ton of flavor. He used like a soba noodle, so it's a healthier style noodle. He made her her own creation, and that was her dinner. And then he came back and said, "Here, I made you dessert." She didn't even say she wanted dessert. She was actually full from eating the dinner. Um, but let's be honest, you don't turn down a Walt Disney World dessert that's custom made. So she had dessert too. And you know she hasn't eaten like that since she got diagnosed. So it was fantastic for her to get down there and experience full meals, prepped, made to order. You know, Otherwise, she's been home cooking everything for herself, making sure it was to all the criteria that she needed. I mean, something like Boma, you figure, oh, it's a buffet. There's a little bit of something for everyone. And the chef went with her station by station. And told her what she could, what she should and shouldn't eat, what she could and couldn't eat. And then said, Here, you know, take whatever you want from this. I'm going to go make you something. 
Like they're not even saying, what do you want me to cook? It's, hey, I'm really happy to have this opportunity to make something custom for you. And Narcusi, I mentioned it here because it was absolutely the same. And she said that was by far her favorite one. But, you know, again, the, the food at Narcusi is fantastic off the regular menu, but it's awesome to hear and see um, what they can do when they have the opportunity to go ahead and take care of you. I'm looking at her Narcusi meal right now. He actually put a little bit of um, fish or, or something in there, like a scallop, I think it was. Mm. But, again, not cooked in oil, you know, steamed right. or something like that. Right, right, right. And had a... Uh, used a vegetable to simulate a noodle and then put uh, microgreens and tomatoes and artichokes and all these amazing flavors that he cooked with and you know he came out and asked her is it okay if i use a little olive oil if not i'll leave that out too you know like he was very careful to make sure she understood every ingredient he put in there but just made this food that was as good as anything that could be on the regular menu that's awesome yeah it was it was fantastic it's, it's nice to see that they they get really excited about their uh you know, about their opportunities and it's not a hassle to them it's actually a welcomed opportunity and a pleasure for them to do it right so our last day we had talked about this in the pre-trip is what were we going to do we could add on to our tickets go back to the park go mini golfing although we said that wouldn't have been a good plan because they don't open early enough um, we actually did end up going to disney springs mostly because we hadn't been there all trip and my son really wanted to go to goofy's candy company uh, not that they don't sell that everywhere else now, but he gets excited, you know. Um, well, I'm glad we did it because World of Disney is under, like, major construction right now. Yeah. So it's kind of cool to check in and see the status. And, you know, the, if you think about the old World of Disney, it was essentially sort of nine large rooms laid out. Yeah, loosely style. tied together, yeah. Yeah. This was pared down to maybe, I'm estimating two and a half of those nine rooms. It was really restricted. So there's not a ton going on. Eh, maybe it was like three and a half rooms. Not a ton going on there. Still a lot of the same merch that you normally would want and look for and expect to get. So we, I don't even know if we had bought anything in that store. But we spent some time touring some of the other shops. Always love going into the co-op. They're always turning over product in that area. So that was a lot of fun. I think that's when I sent you that, guys that picture. The, uh, the world is, the human world, it's a mess. And it had like really odd colored Sebastian. Yes, on it. yes. <laughs> That freaked Amy out, I think. Yeah, it's like, why is Sebastian <laughs> flesh-colored? Yeah, that was what a weird that? one. that? Um, so that, that's how we wrapped up, and then uh, headed to the airport, and had a perfectly normal flight home. And we're back to talk about it, so all in all, as always, fantastic vacation. Always feels a little too short. Not sure when we're going to go back, except... Now we are sure when we're going to go back, so mm. we are going to head down to give you, Polly Beth Combs, the, and Amy, Yo Amy NJ, there you go, <laughs> Polly Beth Combs and Yo Amy NJ give you the exclusive on this year's Mickey Very Very Merry Christmas Party. Awesome! Yeah, I'm excited. Ooh. Wanted to get down there for that Christmas magic with my, what will then be, eight and a half year old son. He's excited. He's still into collecting the uh, Sorcerer's cards. So we did get a few more packs of Sorcerer's this time, but he really wants to get his hands on the party cards if possible. So at least we'll be able to get the Christmas one. And um, we'll go... It's going to be a long, just a quick weekend. So it's going to be fly down Friday, all day Saturday, all day Sunday, party Sunday night, and come home Monday. Wow. Well, so experiencing the parks in summer and winter, that is the good stuff. This has been The Good Stuff. Thank you for listening to Butter and Baby. 
for personalized trip planning services and expertise, please contact Becca via email at Becca at AdventuresOutThroughTravel.com, on Twitter at AIOT Travel, or visit our website, AdventuresOutThroughTravel.com, where you can get more information, read our blog, subscribe to our newsletter, and request a quote. Let the No Butter and Bacon set you. You can follow Butter and Bacon on Twitter at Butter and Bacon on Instagram as Butter and Bacon Podcast. And please contact us via email at butterandbaconpodcast at gmail.com. To get the good stuff delivered hot and fresh, please subscribe to Butter and Bacon in your podcast app of choice. My dearest listener, it is with deepest pride and greatest pleasure that we welcome you tonight. And now we invite you to relax. Let us pull up a chair as Bert et Bacon proudly presents your outtakes. So this is not going to uh, the Mesa Grill. I said that wrong. Why did I say Mesa Grill? Oh, Mesa Grill is Bobby Flay's restaurant. I said, I've, been, I've been to Mesa Grill. Yeah, I have too. I no, Mesa no. Grill's. <laughs> ah, three, two, one. <laughs> you know who else is elusive? Our third co-host, who hasn't spoken in seven minutes. No, she hasn't. Amy. I'm here. I was digging through the jelly beans. <laughs> <laughs> It's really loud. <laughs> it's totally loud. I was doing the same thing. I muted myself. Hopefully, I didn't get that that um, you know that that pause when you unmute and then you can't talk right away. <laughs> I know. I was, I was like digging through these jelly beans. This is really loud, so I muted. It's the power of suggestion. Whoa! Hey, I am Polly. <laughs> You will not Robo understand Polly? me. Whoa! <laughs> Still? No, you're good now. <laughs> okay. Wow. On 4th of July. Um, so, it wasn't that crowded in the beginning. So, I think 4th of July is really crowded for the fireworks. So, we had a good time kind of getting in a lot of future world. Uh, Amy, where... are you drawing something? No, I, I, I was, I was looking out the window because Casey and Cash are running around outside. <laughs> They're running around. They're running. Who's Cash? I don't know that one. Cash is Casey's friend who lives over there, and he is a five-year-old Australian Shepherd. Oh my goodness! He's so awesome. Is he running for so- the mayor of Cincinnati? I don't know. No. They're so cute together. If they could have Jerry running. Springer, they could have a dog. Oh, there goes Cat. He, he loves to roll and stuff. Is he rolling? <laughs> I love them so much. They're so funny. Sorry, I, I had to interrupt because no, he was talking and all I heard was like clothing. <laughs> I didn't know you could hear me. I was trying to be so quiet. Oh, it's good. I need Still. to just I need to just live on mute basically. No, no, no. No, you need to contribute, but uh, yes. 
So, sorry, Dean. No, it's fine. <laughs> I'm going on mute while I look. <laughs> you will be asked questions. You better be ready. Yeah, be oh, ready. Well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, my Kaspersky just interrupted me to tell me my license expired, so maybe that cut me off. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Thanks, Kaspersky. <laughs> so they Apple stuck one. you in a hot air balloon and flew you away from us? Is that what this is? <laughs> Dean, come down from characters in flight. We need you to record. It's amazing how far away you can see characters in flight. It's, yeah, it um, it, Florida's really flat. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Three, two, one. What was that bell? This? Polly's wearing a collar, so when he runs away, his family knows where he went. Polly, why are you ringing it? I'm not. I'm removing the strainer from the sink because I'm cleaning out some coffee grounds. Why are you doing this during recording? Because <laughs> I want coffee. Because he's still waiting for the paint to dry. Otherwise, he'd be finishing painting the <laughs> corn. I would boards. be. I would be. I would be painting at the same time. <laughs> oh my gosh! I multitask. We're so professional. We're told we're absolutely professional. Just not podcasters. <laughs> oh gosh. Mm. Although Kermit, I guess, was friendly, so no, I guess he wasn't telling anybody to go away. He just hadn't had his Darjeeling yet. Hmm. I'll be over here sipping my Darjeeling. <laughs> you guys. I can't tell when you guys are going to talk. I'm going back on mute. No! I I just want you to look up lamb fries from Funny Farm. That's all. I'm going back on mute. Continue. (laughs) I'm going on mute, too. (laughs) So am I. Because I'm about to make myself some coffee. (laughs) You can't go... You can't go... What? Wait, what? What the... Well, you guys, have you ever looked at the Skype? You can, like, move around the little eye. What did I do? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Don't don't worry. Still recording. You're good. (laughs) On the Skype screen, you can move around the little icons. I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed Amy didn't sing more. Well, I I haven't had a chance. I think she was warming up to it. I think all of my jelly bean talk (laughs) completely distracted her. (laughs) <laughs> I'm telling you, I was over here rooting through the jelly beans, yeah. and I heard you guys, our third host has to talk very much. I was like, oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> You're like, wait, wait, who's that? Oh, no, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> Why is oh, Nick on man. here? <laughs> a, I just want to say hello. It's a dog-eat-dog world, and Polly's wearing milk-bone pants. A milk bone pants. It's from Cheers. Milk bone pants. It's from Cheers. That's an old line from Cheers. <laughs> milk bone pants. What are you? I think doing? he actually says underpants in the show. Oh. Or underwear or something like that. It's a dog eat dog world, and I'm wearing milk bone underwear. What makes you think? What makes you think that you don't have a fortune? Amy. Wait, what? The, the, the dog rate store that I tweeted to your attention and you said yeah. you love you love that you love that I think that you have a fortune. <laughs> and then Scott 
signs in with, I love that I think that you have a fortune. <laughs> like, what even? What What even? We've heard about the Beth Combs estate and the many mowers that are out there preparing the uh, yes. front green for all your yes. holiday festivities. Yes. Oh, jeez. Your Come downs. On. Your downs there in Kentucky. <laughs> downs? Downs. What are you talking about? They're at Churchill. Beth Comb Downs. You guys. You guys are silly. Down down home country cooking. Oh my god. Beth Combs Abbey. Get yourself a heaping helping of slabbing, slathering sauce and cornbread. I need to look up up more context about where the two of you live. So that I can give you guys back some of the sass. Well, all the sass you'd give me would be Jersey Shore related. Polly hangs out with Snooky. No, I do not. In high school, they called Polly the situation. They totally did not. (laughs) Sometimes the first things you hear are are somebody's car radio. Yeah, sometimes the first thing I do is turn off that car radio. You know who else has a car radio? Our listeners. They may be listening to us on a car radio right now. They might be. I might have to switch back the headphones because this probably sounds pretty bad. It does. Yeah, it does. I know. Thank you for agreeing. Carrie listens to us through her car stereo system. Yeah, but she isn't recording at the time. Why not? What does that have to do with it? Why doesn't she become the fifth host? What? Fifth? We have four already. Carrie's the fourth host. No. She's the number two hand and the fifth host. No. Carrie's the fourth host. I'm getting confused with all these body parts flying around and symbiotic relationships. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Not gonna make the show. <laughs> Not gonna make the show. Never, never, never. No, no, no. I can't believe that you didn't even give Carrie any kind I of gave her a like. That's lame. It is. I gave her a foreign language. I gave her a foreign language, Darjeeling. That is. Polly, that is the very least that she could do. And isn't it good that he did at least the very least? I could have done less and just completely ignored it. I could have read it, smiled, and... I mean... Like you do with the text that I send you that you ignore. Yeah, like all the ones about when we're going to record. Yep. What are you talking about? Or the cartoon dogs. Oh, the cartoon dogs. They were nicely drawn, too. I mean, I saw them. I thought they and were you great. Did, and you did not even acknowledge the funniness of the Bernese Mountain Dog, whose anxiety stems from the fact that it can't be picked up anymore. Because when I answer, like, hours later, I get grief about that, too. So no, Not true. Not true. Because I know I can treat you better. So that's Sean Mendes, <laughs> sir. Then a pelican! You know who else likes jelly beans? Ronald Reagan. He did like jelly beans. Yeah, he did. Speaking of Ronald Reagan, did you hear that there's a 14-year-old running for governor in the state of Vermont? 
Is that a law? Is that allowed? Uh, the state of Vermont's law only states that you must have been a resident there for the previous four years in order to run for governor. Oh, so a five-year-old could te- so technically run for governor. Yeah. yeah. So I find it very funny that this 14-year-old is campaigning to run for governor and will not be able to vote for himself. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there's a dog What if he loses by one mayor. vote? <laughs> there's, there's a dog, dog mayor. mayor. Amy voted what? for that dog. There's a dog mayor. Really? Yeah, there's a mayor of a town. It's a dog. Name is Oscar. Wolf. The Oscar mayor. Look! Look it! Look it up! Look it up! No, <laughs> we're getting to the show. No, I wanted Paul. I want Dean to know about the dog mayor. Not gonna start the show. Yeah, I want Dean to know about the dog mayor first. It's important. Uh, Paul, this sounds pretty important. It's important to minutes. me. I want you to Google about the dog mayor. Hang on. It's important. His name is, his name is John. Dog mayor in Kentucky. Oh, gravity is working your, again. Your doggy is a wonderland. Whoa. Being a mayor gravity. is a rough job. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> A three-year-old pit bull named Brynith Paltrow Beth Combs. No, it's not a pit. It's a white. It's a white fuzzy dog. Are you it's challenging a furry... the news report who says it's a pit bull? No. Well, maybe there's more than one dog mayor then, because the that one that I saw me, looked more like a Great Pyrenees. But the one that I was talking about defeated a chicken, a donkey, and a little boy, among others, in a mayoral election in Rabbit Hash, Kentucky. You're rabbit hash Kentucky. You're making this up, number one. You're making that. There's a real dog mayor. I'm this not is there a real dog mayor? Is there a real town called Rabbit Hash Kentucky? Yes, are there you, is. Are you challenging PaulCulture.com or the New York Post? Well, maybe the Post. Yeah, I could challenge the Post, but Paul, <laughs> PaulCulture.com doesn't lie. The I'm local CBS to... Pittsburgh channel has also reported this. Okay, I'm going to look up the other one that has, like, the fuzzy white dog. Because fact, I want you Rabbit to see that Hash dog Rabbit Hash Kentucky mayor. has a Wikipedia page discussing its canine mare. Ooh. What's really funny is there's an article, five of the nation's most accomplished animal mares. <laughs> Wait a minute. There are multiples out there. Oh, my, but you said it was a pit bull. No, this is a Great Pyrenees. I'm texting. I'm texting a screenshot to you guys. All right, there is Lucy Lou, who is riveting podcasting. Polly, stop making fun of my dog mayor talk. Lucy Lou was a border collie that outtakes. happened to be mayor. In fact, Lucy Lou is the only dog mayor of Rabbit Hash not to die in office. <laughs> wow! Way to just completely bring it down. Duke, a nine-year-old Great Pyrenees was elected the ceremonial mayor of Cormorant, Minnesota. Not once, not twice, but three times. Three times? See, that's that's what I'm talking about. Three the, times the look, puppy. Look, it's great. Uh, look at this Stubbs. beautiful Great Pyrenees. Stubbs, a cat, was the mayor of Talquinta, Alaska for 15 years. That's bizarre. Clay Can't, have a, cat. Can't have a cat as a mayor. They live too long. Clay Henry III was a beer-drinking goat that was the mayor of Lajitas, Texas. Cats need to be on the state Supreme Court. 
April the Cow won the East Sound Washington Mail Race. That doesn't shock me. And that's all I got. I would completely vote for this uh, Pyrenees Mountain Dog for mayor. No, really? You'd, you'd vote for you'd vote for a dog for mayor. I mean, how much worse could it be than a person? You should start a write-in campaign for Casey. Oh my gosh! For Mitch McConnell seat. <laughs> Jingle bell, jingle bam.